0: In 2006, <clears throat> there was a documentary film made that had a big impact uh, around the world on the opinions of people uh, and uh, government policy, <clears throat> uh, particularly government's environmental policy, which had a knock-on effect to this day uh, and will do in the future on global policy towards the environment and the causes of climate change. And the film was called An Inconvenient Truth. <clears throat> At the end of the film, the former uh, Vice President of the United States, who the film uh, is uh, uh, about and his presentation on the causes of Uh, the climate catastrophe as it is now known said these words amongst others the solutions are in our hands we just have to have the determination to make it happen the solutions are in our hands we just have to have the determination to make it happen well that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem in the world, as it has been from the time uh, in the Garden of Eden, is sin. And the solution is in our hands, it's the Word of God. But many people don't want to hear it. And we've been reading this morning about uh, a king that didn't want to hear it. So it's not our determination that can to deal with our biggest problem it's only the lord jesus christ can deal with our biggest problem and it's a problem that's been going on as i said since the garden of eden and, and that's denied in most parts of the world whether the word of god as as we've been as we know as part of good news for everyone uh, that it's very difficult to Place the word of God because people don't really want to hear it now or many people don't want to hear it anyway do they so the cause of the problem is denied sin isn't a problem well there is a problem the cure for sin if sin isn't supposed to be a problem the cure for sin is denied as well isn't it it's rejected in the world today as it has been throughout history Well, the solution, as I said, is in the word of God. It is in our hands. But to many, it is the inconvenient truth. The inconvenient truth. So it's ignored, despised and rejected. When the truth was manifest in the flesh, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was ignored and despised and rejected. But at his trial... Before Pontius Pilate, <clears throat> John records these words that Jesus said: "For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice." Well, Pilate responded with, "Well, what is truth?" That can be looked looked at in various ways was it a genuine question of interest or was it a a, a cynical question what is truth well Jesus was on trial and Jesus is as the way the truth and the life on trial so truth was on trial wasn't it the truth being judged by Humanity, by human knowledge and human reason, as it is today, the Creator was being judged by his own creation. Well, going back to that original problem where sin entered in in the Garden of Eden, God gave the command to Adam of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall die you shall surely die well he didn't die on the spot did he human reasoning think well if you didn't die then it wasn't that sin wasn't a, such a big sin was it And we all made that excuses for our own actions in times past haven't we Well, those people's sins are bigger than ours, so we're not as bad as them, and that's how the world treats sin, very lightly today. So the fruit of the tree of knowledge was eaten, the knowledge of good and evil, but not the tree of life, knowledge, not truth. And we all have a desire and a thirst for knowledge, but not all of us have a desire and a thirst for truth. the world has a desire for knowledge. How much money is spent on satellites and uh, those things which go into space to seek out the origins of the universe. Millions of pounds spent in that way when... We have the word of God, we have the word of truth. Well that, the consequences of that original sin then, has its knock-on effects down through history. The consequence of that after Jesus' trial was that truth was nailed to a tree. Man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and Jesus was nailed to a tree for me to deal with my sin and to deal with sins of all those who will come to trust in him. There's a a rhyme that uh, the end of it goes, you're nearer nearer God's heart in a garden than anywhere else on earth. I can't remember how the beginning of it starts but... um, well, what happened in that garden? Well, Jesus was near in the garden, wasn't he? Because he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day before the serpent beguiled Eve. The serpent deceived the woman. But the woman wasn't there when God gave the command to Adam according to Genesis 2, 16-17. The woman took of the fruit and ate and gave to her husband and he ate and then came the blame game as it were but it wasn't a game, it was excuses, blame. They tried to hide from God, they tried to hide from the Lord walking in the garden but you can't hide from the truth and when questioned by the Lord, Eve, said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. She didn't believe the truth. She was deceived. The woman blamed the serpent. But what did the man say? The woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave thee of the tree and I ate. Well, Adam blamed his wife. But really, he was blaming God because he said, the woman who you gave me to be with me. And so many people do that, don't they? They blame God for the problems in the world when it's our own sin. Why does God allow suffering? Well, we have very uncomfortable truths in God's Word, don't we? How did the Lord deal with sin? He had to be nailed to a tree. God is a holy and a righteous God, and God cannot look on sin, he hates sin, but he loves sinners, and so the Lord Jesus in his love and mercy came into the world. The heart of God is a God of love and a God of mercy, but that's not to deny that God is a God of justice and a God of holiness and a God of righteousness. People deny that God even exists. Well, the Bible says in Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Denying of the truth, denying the word of God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, to come back to Jeremiah, but not the chapter that we read, but to Jeremiah was bringing the word of God to the people of Jerusalem and the the southern kingdom of Judah because the northern kingdom of Israel had been taken captive. In chapter uh, 7 of uh, of chapter 17, thus says the Lord, verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Well, That's a comforting verse to take, isn't it, from the word of God. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Prior to that, in verse 5, the Lord says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. The solutions are in our hands. We just have to have the determination to make it happen. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Self-reliance? No, we need to rely on God and need to give heed to His Word. If you can know the blessing of the Lord by trusting in the Lord, as Chapter 17. Verse 7 says, why depart from the Lord? Whose heart departs from the Lord. People have a heart problem. When I was young I was diagnosed with a heart murmur, so I have a heart problem. Phil has a more serious heart problem. But we all have a very serious heart problem, it's sin isn't it? And verse 9 of chapter 17 makes that very clear. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, the inconvenient truth is we have a heart problem. Well, who can know it? Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind. Well, surgeons are able to diagnose and treat heart problems now that they couldn't do uh, in the very recent past. But who can deal with the deception and wickedness in our hearts? Well, only the Lord Jesus Christ can. Jeremiah knew that. He knew he had a heart problem because we come back down to verse 14 of chapter 17 and he says heal me O lord and i shall be healed save me and i shall be saved for you are my praise isn't that a great testimony from an old testament saint who was going through it for standing up for the truth declaring the truth the inconvenient truth indeed they say to me the next verse where is the word of the Lord let it come now well as we come back to our reading chapter 36 the beginning of Jeremiah 36 the writing of that scroll as being in the fourth year of Jehoiakim the son of Josiah king of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim now the chapters of Jeremiah uh, they aren't in chronological order uh, because previous verses uh, are written in the time of King Zedekiah who was king after the king after Jehoiakim so we can't read the chapters of Jeremiah in chronological order if you want to uh, um, uh, want to read it chronologically. Uh, I, I follow uh, a chronological uh, Bible reading plan, which Richard uh, uh, encourages us to do that for many years, uh, well, since he's been here anyway, uh, um, uh, and, and I've, I've sought to do that. So when you read the book of Jeremiah... You start, and you're, you're dotting, all, dotting all around the, 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 the chapters of Jeremiah. <clears throat> but if you read this chapter, this occurs in the fourth year of Jehoiakim. The son of Josiah, Jeremiah was called to be uh, the messenger of the Lord in the, uh, in the time of Josiah. So, if you were to read back, or just to uh, look back to uh, chapter 25, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah. So, we, we so this is the same. This is around the same time, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So, this is a significant year. This is the first year of of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who would eventually, over various times, take all of Judah captive. Which Jeremiah spoke to the the prophet, spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the 23rd year in which the word of the Lord has come to me, And I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. And the Lord has sent you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not listened, nor inclined your ear. So this is the 23rd year of Jeremiah being a prophet. And he was told to take a scroll of a book and write on it, All the words that I have spoken to you against Israel, against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day that I spoke to you, from the days of Josiah, even to this day. Twenty-three years of prophecy, of the words of the Lord. Coming to Jeremiah, he was told to write. Well, he got Baruch to write as his scribe. well what had he been saying to them well in chapter 25 we read about the saying that Israel would be taken captive uh, uh, to Babylon and would be there 70 years in my bible it's titles over that chapter 70 years of suffering So they were going to be judged by the Lord in captivity in Babylon for 70 years but then they would be restored to the land and that was the inconvenient truth that Baruch wrote at the instruction of Jeremiah. Now what was the response of various people that heard the words of Jeremiah, the words of the Lord? Well, verse 16 says, now it happened when they, that is, the people that Lois mentioned, that the word of God says in verse uh, 16, verses 14 down to, uh, or verses 12 down to 16, when they heard all the words that they looked in fear, from one to another and said we will surely tell the king all of these words they were fearful when they heard the judgment that god was going to bring on them they were fearful when they heard the words of the book well what does isaiah speak about people that respond to hearing the word of God and being fearful. Well, the Lord says in Isaiah chapter 66 and the second half of verse 2 of that verse, of that chapter, to this one will I look on him who is of a poor and contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. We need to come to the word of God with reverence and with trembling we don't need to come to it with our own opinions we live in the day of men's opinions but we need to humbly come before god's word and these people came to the word of god and they were fearful and they had reverence for the word of god because they told well, they probably knew what, or they thought they knew what the, what the response of the king would be because they told Jeremiah and Baruch to hide and they told the king all the words but they had put the book uh, in, the, in, the, in the chamber of uh, the scribe, Elishama the scribe. They told all the words in the hearing of the king. But the king sent Jehudai to bring the scroll, and he took it from Elishamah, the scribe's chamber. And Jehudai read it in the ear, in the hearing of the king, and in the hearing of all the princes who stood beside the king. Well, what did the king do? Well, we, we read, didn't we? He, he heard a bit, he cut it with a knife, and he burnt it in the fire. And it says until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. He thought he'd maybe dealt with the word of God but that was he wasn't dealing with the word of God he didn't want to hear it and so he thought that was a way of dealing with it well how foolish how foolish. To this one will I look on him who is of a poor and contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Jehoiakim didn't tremble at the Lord's word. So they were not afraid, nor did they tear their garments. The king nor any of his servants who heard all these words. Chronicles records the. Or the second book of chronicles records uh, the history of the kings of, of israel and judah uh, all the, all the, all the way from solomon to zedekiah and the captivity in in uh, babylon and its propo- and, and the uh, proclamation of the restoration after the captivity was over to fulfil the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came by Jeremiah, it was to fulfil the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah that they went into captivity. The uncomfortable, the inconvenient truth came to pass. Jehoiakim didn't tremble at the word of God. But how different was the response of his father, King Josiah? King Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. Jeremiah, the earlier chapters of Jeremiah were written in the time of Josiah's reign, from the thirteenth year of King Josiah, but what did King Josiah do when he heard the word of God? I'm trying to find where the verse is. Well, it says that when the word of the Lord came in the day, or it was found in the temple of the Lord, right, it's verse, it's verse 15. Then Hil- Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the scribe, uh, <coughs> it's his descendants that we read of in. Uh, <coughs> In Jeremiah 36, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Until Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. So Shaphan carried the book to the king. It's chapter 34. said, all that was committed to your servants they are doing. They have gathered the money that they was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law that he tore his clothes. Jeremiah 36. They were not afraid, nor did they tear their garments, the king nor any of his servants who heard all these these words. A different generation. A different generation. We live in a day where maybe the older generation will hear the words of God but I don't think we can take that from the word of God because Josiah's father was King Amon and Amon did evil in the sight of the Lord and his father Josiah's grandfather was King Manasseh and it was because of Manasseh's wickedness that judgment was poured out upon Judah because Josiah was Righteous and humbled himself, it passed down to his sons and his generate or his descendants' day. It was, sp- Judah was spared in the time of Jeremiah because, or in the time of Josiah, because King Josiah repented. So we live in a day when people can respond to the word of God in either of two ways. There's no really sitting on the fence. You can either humble yourself before the word of God, that inconvenient truth, or you can reject it. What do we read in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2? At the end of the age, there will be an unrighteous deception among those who perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Jeremiah loved the truth, inconvenient though it was, and he was persecuted for it. Many Christians today are persecuted for preaching the word of God, believing the word of God, having the word of God. And uh, it's increasingly difficult in this country, isn't it? I'll read uh, just a a, a blog post. And it says, this from a pastor. And I think uh, my family will know where this comes from. And it says, Jews and jails. And this is written a week ago. And this pastor writes, can anyone assist me? I am trying to solve a puzzle about modern Britain. The current government and main opposition parties are committing themselves to ban conversion therapy. The definition of this is so badly worded that a pastor who urges his congregation to be chaste and to maintain a commitment to traditional marriage could go to jail for two years. Yet in London, this weekend, or last week, as this was written last week, Hamas sympathisers have been calling for the death of Jews with the Capitals Police just standing by. According to the the Metropolitan Police, anti-Semitic offences have risen 1,353% compared to the same time last year. So, teach normal Christian doctrine and you could serve jail time. Publicly call for another holocaust and that's okay. Welcome to 21st century Britain. We live in a very difficult day, but we have a mighty God. We have the word of God. It's inconvenient to many, and it's inconvenient to us maybe at times we feel but to the Christian, it's precious truth. And we're going to come around the Lord's table in a few moments. And we there see how that, well, we're reminded of the inconvenient truth, but it's a precious truth to those who love the Lord. And Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, that inconvenient truth to so many the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life he also said in john chapter 14 if anyone loves me he will keep my word the holy spirit whom the father will send me send in my name he will teach you all things and to bring to your remembrance all things that i have said to you my lord bless us